Welcome to the Beyond Jiu-Jitsu podcast. This is episode 160, Ask a Black Belt number 14. Can you believe it? We've done 14 Q&A episodes. That's crazy. That's wild. Uh, Edward, 14, Kieran the Feb, Adam Childs, you're Kieran, I'm Adam, greatest <laughs> intro ever, <laughs> at 14, I can't believe we've done 14 Q&A episodes, yeah, holy man. shit, yeah. yeah, that's awesome, it's, um, for new listeners, it is a recurring episode we do every 10 episodes, 140, 150, 160, 170, et cetera, that started back on episode 10. <laughs> Or ten seven. or something, seven. seven or something. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. didn't. We didn't initially start it thinking it would be this recurring segment. Otherwise, mm. we probably would have started it on episode ten, and then we missed some for our like half century episode and our hundredth episode and stuff like that. But, mm. but yeah, I love the 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 Q and A episodes. We get to hear the audio questions submitted by our listeners. Um, mm-hmm. Which is great. Speaking of listeners, let me just quickly give a little shout out. I was at a local competition on the weekend, just yesterday, actually. And yeah, it's always nice. A couple of listeners to the podcast came up and said hello. I believe from memory, their names were Liam and Cade. I think their names were. Um, sorry. Those boys. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for saying hello, guys. I missed your matches, as always, with competitions. Um, you know, I had three of my own students all fighting at the same time at one point. So it's very hard to to catch them. So hopefully you did well, Liam and Cade. I, I didn't see your matches, but, um, but I hope you did well. If you see me at the next comp, let me know how you did. Um, yeah. yeah thank, thanks for coming up and saying hello. Yeah, it's uh, it's always nice when uh, we're touring around the local jujitsu comp scene and people say good day, <laughs> and you know, it's uh, it's cool, man. It's yeah, it's cool. cool, but like sometimes when it happens. So, for example, the first uh, guy, I think it was Cade, who said hello to me, kind of was like he was sitting down, you know, a few rows up. Mm. He was like, he was like, hey, Adam, and like gestured to me and I've, I'm going to feel really bad if I have met him before in the past, but I don't think I have, but like gestured to me in a way that was like, that we knew each other. Yeah. And so instantly my mind went to, Oh fuck. I don't, I can't remember this dude's name or whatever. Like, or what, cause like, cause podcast aside, I get that. I wouldn't say quite a lot, but I guess Adam is very famous. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, Obviously, I say this all the time that I'm a that I'm a complete nobody. But I guess in Sydney, a lot of or in Australia, a lot of, a lot of people appear to know who I am. Mm. I guess, like I don't know, like even if it's just on a very surface level, I'll meet someone who's yeah. visiting, and they say, "Yeah, yeah, my my coach knows you, and recommended that I drop in here, and whatever." And it's a small world, you know, right? In Australia, the the black belt. I mean, it's always growing, but you know, particularly head coaches is a small world. Like the black belt world in, in Australia is small. It's not that many, but the amount of head coaches is even smaller. So it, it makes sense that, you know. Yeah, people- I guess I've never really thought about it like that. Yeah. Mm. But um, so I, you know, often enough have people come up to me and start chatting to me and sometimes, and they'll chat as if we know each other. And sometimes it is someone I've met multiple times, but I, mm 
could never tell you where I met them from or know them from or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had it once where a guy clearly mistook me for someone else though as well because he was – it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to train together. Sheldon, back <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and he he said something along the lines of, because um, maybe I even prompted him. Maybe I even said, "Where do we know each other from again?" And he was like, "Yeah, remember we used to train together as blue belts at such and such." And it was like, you know, and I I just like continued on the conversation just kind of did you gaslight him? Did you let him believe <laughs> <laughs> well you know i just i guess i essentially just fobbed it off and and changed the conversation because it wasn't like he said remember we trained together as blue belts in brazil it was like yeah remember we trained together in blue belts at whatever whatever and it was like no well i never did any of my you know colored yeah. belt training in australia you know i only ever trained in, in you know, in Brazil. So it definitely wasn't me because I never trained anywhere as a blue belt in Australia. But uh, anyway, it was, it was fine that it was a live life, one awkward step at a time. (laughs) But, um, Uh, but I mean, I'll talk a little bit more about the competition later, but that, but anyway, I just wanted to say while we were talking about listeners, this episode really is about the listeners. I just wanted to say, mm -hmm. thank you. Thanks for coming up and saying hello guys. And um, because I get, because a lot of my own students listen to the podcast and I'm sick of them saying hello. So it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice to have, uh, have other people say something. How was your week? How was, how was your week, Kieran? Anyone oh, recognize man. you? <laughs> um, no, but I do get the odd whenever I go to competitions here, even here in Sweden, I have a few people come up to me. I had one kid, I, I don't think, stop me if I've told this story, but I have to tell this. I had one kid recognize me um, at a competition I did a little while ago, months ago. You know that no-gi submission only comp I did? Mm-hmm. I had a couple of people come up to me, but one uh, in particular, he would have been like, you know, 16, 15, 16 or something like that, maybe even younger. And he came up all excited with his mate and he's like, are you on TikTok? And I'm like, yeah, bro. And then he pulls <laughs> up my TikTok and shows me. It was so fucking funny. It was oh, really cool. Yeah. He was so excited showing his mate. Oh, man. I felt important. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, man. He was such a lovely guy. I got a photo and shit. And, um, you know, yeah, nice kid. But, uh, yeah, yeah the TikTok reaches, you know, reaches a different demographic, obviously. But, um, yeah. yeah, you obviously have to get to, I mean, a, a level of fame that is something that is not in my realm of I don't want to say realm of possibility because that sounds like you know I'm not capable of it but it's not it's not in my it's not on my radar it's not something I work towards or whatever but that level of fame where you would be put off or annoyed by people saying hello or asking for photos you know like I'm I'm never getting to that level of fame and you know it's not I don't think anyone in jiu-jitsu is at that level even like Craig when he walks around you know, at a comp, he's going to get heaps of photos. Obviously, it's Craig Jones or Gordon Ryan or whatever. But it's not, you know, they're not going to be bombarded every time they go to get a coffee somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those, yeah, the, yeah. those type of situations, when you're at that level of fame, where you literally can't even get a coffee. Like there's videos of where they, they send celebrities out just to sit at a cafe and then count how many photos they take. They've done it with a bunch of celebrities that make videos out of it. And, um, you know, it's insane. Like people just flock to them. When you're that level of like famous or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's, I mean... 
Yeah, it's just interesting having like some form of social media presence in such a small niche that when we go to competitions, you know, the the chances are like one person out of a thousand might be like, oh, I listen to the podcast. That's that's really cool. I like that. That's, that's yeah, yeah. No, it makes me, you know, I felt bad for them because the dude was like, oh yeah, man, I'm a landscaper or laborer. A landscaper, I think, said it's like mm. you know. So I listen to it, you know, while I'm working. I was like, why do you want to make your day go even longer? Self-deprecating humor. Uh, <laughs> anyway, enough sucking our own dicks. Let's, uh, let's get into these questions, shall we? Let's get into it. Yeah, let's get stuck straight in. This would be one of our shortest intros in quite a while. So let's go <laughs> with, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's go straight with, with question one. This first question is from Jacob. Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Jacob. I train out of Austin, Texas. Love the show. Um, but lately, I've been getting bombarded with a bunch of electrolyte propaganda. Just wanted to know y'all's take on it. If you have any good brands or if you think that they're not really necessary. But yeah, just wanted to get y'all's take. Cheers. Yeah, excellent question, Jacob. Um, Adam, do you have any experience with electrolytes? No, I mean, obviously, I mean, regular listeners would already know this is definitely a, a question for you, despite the mm. title of the episode. Um, I, let me, yeah, I mean, let me give my... through that one in there. <laughs> despite uh, the title. Well, no, it's, I mean, this question is not, clearly not for me. Um, but I funny. think what my understanding of electrolytes is very, very base level and let me just say what I know about them because maybe mm -hmm. I maybe what I know is less than the average person knows but I would assume yep. it's probably more than the av I don't mean the average jiu-jitsu person I just mean the average person knows and I think it's also worth noting that when he said different brands being in the US he would have access to way like a way wider range of brands than we get in Australia I would assume just based on you know the way the American market works yeah but um Firstly, I know that uh, that electrolytes. There are a lot of dif there's different types of electrolytes. It's not just like electrolytes are just this one thing. You know, it's it's like you know, uh, like sodium's an electrolyte, isn't it? And like uh, uh, like magnesium's an electrolyte. Like there's different types of electrolytes. Whereas I think most people think that electrolytes are just the one thing and more equals better, but it's not about that, right? You know, an electrolyte, one electrolyte drink could have, I don't know what numbers make sense, but like 500 electrolytes and the other could have like 600. doesn't mean the 600 one is better. Like it depends on what type of electrolytes are in there. Mm. The other thing that I understand about them is that a lot of people don't, realize that if we're talking about just say Gatorade or Powerade, your standard electrolyte drink that I think every single person would know those names and brands, they are a sports drink designed to replenish the electrolytes you lose while exercising. So the electrolytes you lose through sweat and you're trying to replenish those so you can continue to work out. But a lot of people drink like a Gatorade when they're not exercising instead of water, thinking that it's like I'm being healthy and I need electrolytes, mm. which, you know, unless you're getting a sugar-free one is like loaded with a bunch of unnecessary sugar. 
And that that's pretty much my, you know, and yeah, the last thing I'd say is that they're usually loaded with sugar because one of the, the main electrolytes you lose through your sweat, I believe, is is sodium or salt or whatever. And so it's one of the most important ones to try replenish, but obviously that means it tastes shit. So it's usually masked with sugar. Yeah. That's, I believe, that's my, that's maxing out my understanding of electrolyte beverages and what they're used for and misconceptions about them. That's about it. Yeah. Okay. So let's unpack that. So first and foremost, um, to address Jacob's question, uh, do I recommend them or like, what? I'm not going to recommend any brands just as a caveat. I don't have any uh, supplement affiliations, but what I will do is give you some information. And then based on that information, you can choose a brand that best suits, you know, your, your budget and the requirements that you're looking for. So Adam, you're right in terms of um, the, the primary ingredient in electrolyte is or what we're looking at when we're looking at these sports drinks, these hydration sports drinks is sodium and carbohydrate, believe it or not. So what you're saying about people drinking Gatorade uh, instead of water or Powerade or whatever, because they like the flavor or then they think it's healthy, like they think they're hydrating themselves or whatever. Um, yeah, you're 100% right there. It's totally not the case. If you're just having you know, a, a Powerade or a Gatorade, you're just getting a shitload of uh, sucrose or um, simple carbohydrate when you don't really need it. You do need it when you're exercising and that's why it's in there, okay? So that's the first caveat. Second caveat I'd say is be careful if you're in a calorie deficit and you're ingesting lots of Powerade and Gatorade uh, during your training to try and get that electrolyte replenishment because of the sugar content. So it is gonna carry some extra calories. It's okay, but you need to take that into account when you're calculating your calorie deficit. So those are the caveats out of the way. Now, the second thing I'll say is that all of this information I'm about to talk about is freely available on a resource that I put together called the Jiu-Jitsu Supplement Database. It is, I'm super proud of this resource and it's completely free, but not many people know about it because for whatever reason, the videos on YouTube just don't get the click-through rate and no one watches them. So no one learns about the the, um, the database, but I get a lot of questions about supplements and then I always direct people to this, this resource. So basically it's an app that works on your phone. Um, it's you don't have to download anything. It just works on your, your phone as an app. Um, and yeah, it's got all the information you need on supplements. So I've pulled up electrolyte powders, what I wrote. I've scored electrolyte powders a four out of five for cost versus benefit ratio. Um, there's a short summary on what electrolytes are. So basically when we're talking about electrolytes, we're, we're talking about minerals here. So they're minerals crucial for maintaining hydration. Specifically, we're talking about uh, sodium, we're talking about um, potassium, calcium, magnesium, chloride. So those are electrolytes. These are electrolytes. Sports hydration drinks, like I mentioned, also will have high amounts of uh, sugar, which is, is good if, if you want that benefit from your training. Because what we need to replenish during training when we sweat a lot is sodium, yes, uh, potassium, magnesium as well. Um, but also we want to get that glycogen replenishment during training. So that intra-workout glycogen replenishment. If that's what you're after, then having sugar in your electrolyte powder is good. You don't want a sugar-free Powerade or a sugar-free Gatorade in that case. You want one with sugar, um, so long as you're not in a calorie deficit or something along those lines. So that's a very important caveat. Um, yeah, so definitely highly recommend electrolytes when you're training uh, very heavily um, or you have an intense training session, I should say. 
and there's a lot of sweat going on. So if you're training uh, jujitsu during summer, say it's like an hour-long open mat or a 90 minutes to two-hour session, then electrolytes could be an excellent way to stay hydrated during your, your session. So I highly recommend electrolytes in that case. You don't need to be ingesting electrolytes or sports drinks during every single session. Uh, only those that you know you're going to be doing a lot of rolling, maybe a lot of wrestling, where there's a lot of sweat. Um, so definitely recommend electrolytes because just drinking water sometimes is not enough to hydrate you. You really need to replenish those um, lost electrolytes. So in the supplement database, I also have a section on exactly why to take it to help maintain fluid balance, nerve function, muscle health during exercise, the relevance to jujitsu, just expanding on what I spoke about here, different supplement forms that you can take. So they do come in tablets and dissolvable tablets, things like that. Uh, but yeah, just a powder in, in your uh, shaker cup or in, in a drink bottle is sufficient. A lot of pre-made powders uh, will come with carbohydrate in the formulation as well if that's something that you don't want just get one obviously that is sugar-free and doesn't have the the sucrose or anything like that or dextrose sometimes they have um dosage will depend on the level of intensity how much you're sweating etc etc and yeah so highly cheap uh cost versus benefit scores very high very cheap uh you expect to pay between 10 and 30 dollars for a tub of electrolyte powder brand dependent but also, there is one one more thing. I know I've been talking for a while and rambling at this stage, but there's one more thing that you need to be aware of, and it's the sodium-potassium uh, ratio. There are ratios that are better than others, like the, the off-the-shelf Powerades and Gatorades uh, have very low levels of sodium in them, and that's to your point, Adam, to make them more palatable. And you know they do mask the, the, the taste of the sodium with the sugars and everything like that, but still, the sodium content on a standard Gatorade is very low. You can get like... I forget what they're called, but like souped up essentially versions of Gatorade that um, you know have a higher amount of sodium. But if you don't taste the sodium in your electrolyte powder, it's probably a dog shit product or it has lots of sugar masking it. So you want higher levels of sodium. So when you're – so for Jacob who is trying to digest all that information, but he's like, okay, cool. So they're good, but then how do I choose the right brand or whatever? So when he's looking at the nutrition uh, tab or whatever on the yeah. back of the bottle – so you're essentially looking for one with to in to give the most simple terms you could argue obviously you're not going to say a blanket statement like in in nutrition more sodium is better but in a in an electrolyte drink that is typically the case right yeah like yeah. it's the you know if you've got one with 0.5 milligrams and one with five milligrams. I don't know what how much d does go into it. One I can't remember off the top of my head. But the 0.5 milligram electrolyte drink is not really a sports hydration electrolyte Point, drink. Yeah, and maybe 0.5 grams. If you have 0.5 milligrams of yeah, it would be 0.5 grams of sodium right, is right. what you're referring to, and that'd be 500 milligrams. Um, so what we're looking for, you really want a, uh, this is on the higher end, you want a sports drink with at least about a thousand milligrams of sodium. Um, the potassium ratio might be about 200 milligrams to a thousand um, milligrams of sodium. And, you know, the magnesium, whatever could be like somewhere around 50 to a hundred um, milligrams of magnesium. So you definitely want high levels of of that sodium. These sports drinks though, they taste like shit, particularly if you get the sugar-free ones. Yeah, they like, you know, they have a bit of flavoring in, but they should taste salty. Now I'm not gonna name, again, I'm not gonna name any brands, but there is a very popular brand that do sponsor a lot of jujitsu guys. And this may be the product that uh, Jacob is has been seeing. 
if that is the product, um, again, I'm not going to name, name what it is, but you, you should know if you watch enough jujitsu YouTube, you should know the brand I'm talking about. That is a decent product. I've tried it. It's, it is decent. Um, but yeah, so again, the ratio for sodium, you want high levels of sodium. So you want about a, um, you know, a thousand milligrams of sodium and you want around about that uh, 200 to upwards of uh, milligrams of potassium. So a lot of the sports drinks you will buy, if we compare, let, let's just take that thousand milligrams and I'm, I'm just going to Google um, Gator, uh, Powerade, Powerade um, nutrition label. And I want to compare it because I know that it is significantly lower. Um, oh, it's not even showing me the sodium 150 milligrams yeah yeah so not much per serving container about 2.5 okay so it's 2.5 in this i don't know what power rate how much power rate is this i'm just going to assume that it's like a 600 um oh 360 milliliter so we're looking at containers per serve 2.5 so that means that this is very riveting listening we have uh, <laughs> yeah. 375, 375 milligrams of sodium in a, in a Powerade. So it's not that bad. And this is Powerade Zero, mixed berry, so zero sugar in, in this version. But the potassium is 35. So 35, 2.5 is 87.5 milligrams of potassium. So it's not, it's, the ratio isn't terrible, but the sodium is quite low. But it's still, it's better than, if that's what it's you have still more than, than it's, it's more than some other ones. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's an option. Yeah. All right. So long story short, lots of sodium. Drink it when you're training hard, sweating hard. But yeah, it's not a supplement for water if you're just mm. out for a leisurely stroll and thinking you're being healthy. Yeah, definitely. And if you want to learn more, uh, Jiu-Jitsu Supplement Database, I'll put a link to it in the description. Okay. Nice. Thanks. Thanks for the question, Jacob. Hopefully that helped. Let's go. Question number two. Hey, Adam, Kieran. Uh, I just had a question about competing without a team affiliation. Um, I basically moved from one city to another, and um, my old gym has an affiliate team down here, but it's too far away, so I train at a different gym, which is kind of the rival gym to that gym. And I want to compete again soon, but I don't really want to compete against some of my old teammates because they all come down to the city to compete. Um, but I also don't really want to compete for my new team. So I'm considering just competing without a team affiliation. I just wonder what you guys think. Um, yeah, interesting. I uh, think Firstly, yeah, thank you for sending in the question. Uh, he didn't say his name, did he? Sam. Sam. Thank, thank you for the question, Sam. Uh, I think it, it depends on the organization you're, you're, you're competing under. So – because if you're competing under anything that is affiliated, associated with IBJJF, you're not going to be able just to rock up and like you're going to quickly see when you try to do your online registration, you have to select a team. And then you, if you just randomly pick some team that you've never heard of, like it won't get approved because that the head coach of that team has not approved you as one of the athletes for that team. So you won't be able to just go compete without a team affiliation. Now, if it is, if you are able to compete without a team affiliation, then I would assume it's a pretty small, low-key competition or it's a competition that's not affiliated with any sort of um, background 
checking bureaucracy stuff. And and if 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 that's the case, I don't know. Like, does does it let you just put blank, not applicable for team, or you're just going to put your own name as the team name? I'm not sure. Like, but if you can do that, what a flex! Like, I, yeah, yeah. If you can do that, I mean, I don't see what the issue is. But so look, to answer the first part of the question, if you can compete without a team affiliation, I'm like, well, what's it matter? You know, teams to some degree are becoming less significant. We've spoken about this previously, you know, with all the, there's still a few big team names that make waves, but with all the kind of who's number one and whatever, People go, people are more invested in the athlete rather than the team, similarly to to like the UFC. No one no one gives a shit what team or gym John Jones trains out of. Right? They're just invested in the fighter. So if it'll let you, cool. Who cares? Uh, go for it. But when you said, oh, I don't really want to compete against any of my old teammates, is that... If if you're saying I don't want to because they're my old training partners who I have good relationships with and yada, 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 if that's the reason, well, that's not really a good enough reason because they, at least, they, you know, most competitions nowadays don't let you close out with teammates anymore. ADCC hasn't allowed it. For, for however long and IBJJF officially changed that rule like two years back or something where you're not allowed to close out with teammates anymore. So even if you hadn't moved, there's the possibility of fighting teammates. And then when you say you don't want to compete for your new team, I'm not sure. I don't quite have the context there. You know, is it just because you haven't been there long enough that you – you know, you don't want to represent them yet. So I don't know. It's hard to answer, Sam, without a little bit more information for the first part of what you said in the question, not wanting to f- compete against your old teammates, but also not wanting to represent the new gym. I kind of, that brings more questions for me. But to sum it up, if the organization, the event will just let you compete without any affiliation of a team, then yeah, cool, go for it. If they won't, then I guess it goes back to wanting a little bit more information as to why you you don't want to fight your old teammates and why you you don't want to represent the new gym. Mm. I'll just add to that in terms of like what Smooth Comp will allow you to do and what it won't. In a lot of cases, this will depend on the organization that you're joining, uh, the the whatever competition you're you're joining to. I found out recently I was just going to compete under Vantage as a team. But in Sweden, Vantage is not available because it's geo-locked. It has to be a team that's recognized by the whatever Swedish um, or Nordic grappling organization that um, was putting on the competition. So they, they wouldn't even recognize Vantage. It wouldn't let, let me. So I had, to yeah, right. join, I had to join Dynamics, which is the team that I'm under uh, or the affiliation that I'm under in uh, Sweden. I had to reach out to um, the, the, the head coach and be like, hey, can you approve me and all this sort of shit to – to be able to register. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because, yeah, Sam, if the comp you're doing is through Smooth Comp, um, yeah, uh, yeah, I, was, I wasn't I was aware of that. I mean, I knew you registered under the other team for the mm-hmm. comps you, you've been doing in Sweden, but I didn't really put much thought into it. But yeah, because Vantage is, 
is <laughs> sounds wanky to say recognized, right? Cause it's not like, you know, you, it's not like it's a big team, but you know, it's a, if you, you could go register for worlds, IBJJF worlds for euros, for mm. the fucking advantage. Yeah. Austin Open, whatever, under Vantage. Vantage is yeah. there as a team with IBJJF. So maybe Sam um, can use Vantage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, you know, and yeah, it's also on Smooth Comp, right? Uh, but I get the, like I was saying, Sam, how you wouldn't be able just to pick a random team. The head coach of all the teams, they get notifications when someone who hasn't been approved tries to register under the team name. So I get emails from Smooth Comp saying, you know, Kieran Lefebvre has, you know, registered under Vantage, click here to approve or deny, right? Um, so, yeah, long story short, Sam, if it'll let you, go for it. If it won't, you might have to answer those those other questions as to, as to why you don't want to represent either of those, your old team or new team. And just to um, piggyback off of your point about ADCC not allowing closeouts, at the most recent ADCC Oceanic Trials that just went this weekend, um, there was in the semifinals for the under 66 kilo division, there was a two, two teammates competing against each other, Ethan Thomas and Dave Stoyle, or Baby Dave as they call him. And it was a fucking war. Um, it was razor thin. They went to war with each other, two teammates, and it ended up coming down to a referee's decision. So, um, yeah, man, they definitely do not allow closeouts. And as spectators and fans of the sport, we're better off for it. So, yeah, like it. man, I've rolled with Ethan twice, and that dude is so in all the positive connotations of the word, so scrappy. Like, he makes me – well, I guess he kind of looks like it too, but he's like the jiu-jitsu equ equivalent of Clay Guida. Remember the MMA fighter Clay Guida? No, bro, I don't. No, uh, you don't know? Man, okay. Uh, so this is back in, you know, the times of BJ Penn, GSP, Anderson Silva, you know, big – Oh, he does look like Clay Guida. <laughs> yeah. He and, does. But, That's awesome. But also just in his ferocity and his tenacity and like super technical. So I'm not saying he's not technical. And he's I believe he's incredibly Ethan, technical. I believe Ethan won, right? Trials, didn't he? Spoilers. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he, did win. he did win uh, trials in, yeah, in very he, good fashion in the final. He's super good and super hard to hold on to. And even when he's not sweaty, he's slippery. He's fucking, mm. yeah. He's yeah. fucking good, man. Very, very yep. good. But uh, yeah, awesome. So next anyway, question. good luck, Sam. Let us know how you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> next question from Ross. Let's hear from Ross. Hey guys, new listener to the pod here. Really enjoying working my way through the back catalogue of episodes so far. My question is just regarding learning as a beginner and the best way to find structure in my learning. Um, I find I definitely learn best when there's a curriculum, I guess, or a path to follow. Um, I'm six months into my jujitsu journey so far and I'm, I'm loving every single class, but I do find that, uh, there's a lot of gaps in my foundations. The way that the classes are ran is it's very much an all level class. It's not a beginner class. Um, so one day we'll be learning a technique and then the next day it doesn't really relate to the one beforehand. And I do feel like, although I'm learning a ton, I'm missing out on a lot of pretty basic things that would make me a hell of a lot better. Um, so I guess my question is, what's the best way to supplement my learning outside of class? Would it be 
instructionals, um, podcasts, YouTube videos, forums. You know, what what do you feel is the best way to to supplement my um, jujitsu classes? Uh, apologies if this has already been asked. Like I said, new listener, really loving the podcast so far. Thanks, guys. Awesome question. Yeah, thanks, Definitely Ross. not podcasts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not this one anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a, that's a great question and, and it, you know, brings up a lot of interesting points about, that we've spoken about heaps of times. So, so I don't mean that as in a, in a, the question has been asked before, but a lot about, you know, what you can do to to learn faster or the best ways to consume jujitsu content and all the, all these topics that have been mentioned. But yeah, I guess let me, let me try. Like the, 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 the struggle is with how dynamic jujitsu is and, and curriculums are great to, to some degree, but the reason that it's not something you see fundamentally in every single gym around the world and what i mean by that is compared to something like you know karate or taekwondo Mm. and these very rigid set of movements that you follow Mm. is that that jujitsu is just way too dynamic for that and there are some things that are very well if you can't do this you probably won't be able to do this you know for like if you can't do a half invert, you probably can't do a full invert or something like that. But, you know, it's also not always the case that that if you can't, some things one person will be able to do or more advanced person won't be able to do. It's kind of like skateboarding. I grew up skateboarding with my brother and it's actually kind of, you know, despite what I just said, Oh, if you can't do a half invert, you probably can't do a full invert. My brother was someone who couldn't do a kickflip, but could do a double kickflip, right? Whereas I couldn't, I could do a kickflip. That was like my trick. And for people who aren't in, who don't know a lot about skateboarding, it's a very basic trick, right? It's like the first cool in air quote, cool trick you learn. Um, But I could do kickflips all day, but I couldn't do a double kickflip, you know? So uh, the, the, the curriculum structure of jiu-jitsu, it kind of has a lot of holes in it. So you kind of, even the most, even the most sound jiu-jitsu curriculum needs to cast a very wide, vague-ish net because even in the most basic technique of teaching someone a, I don't know, a hip escape regard from side control or an armbar from closed guard or an Americana from mount or whatever, the most basic, you can already add on top of that 20, 30 what if questions, you know? And, you know, and then when you're saying that one thing from one day doesn't connect to the other, again, that's sometimes that's par for the course. Imagine if you were trying to get particularly good at a certain move or trick on a surfboard, but you could go six months without the correct wave coming along that allows you to do that. move. Like so many things are out of your control when, when you're rolling, when you're actually training jujitsu similar to surfing, right? Like it's completely out of control. You just get what you're given in saying that, 
I, it's someone at your level, well, just say two things to not really repeat topics that we've spoken about a lot. So is to, yeah, have some plan of attack with your, with your deliberate training. So if you don't know what we mean by that, Ross, it means going into the gym with a plan, know what you're working on rather than just going, oh, well, I'm just doing whatever I'm told. And I mean this when it comes to if there's any sort of free drilling, open mat, or when it's time to roll. And yeah, these don't are, rock up to class and, and the coach is like, yeah, we're doing arm bars. And you're like, nah, fuck you, I'm no clothes guy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but then, okay, at your level six months in, how do you choose what to work on? Well, maybe think about your jiu-jitsu currently as a boat with multiple holes in it sinking the boat. <laughs> find, the, <laughs> find the biggest hole. And that's not a dig. I mean, my boat has holes in it, right? That's not a dig at you, Ross. It's just the reality of being six months in. Find the biggest hole and plug that. You know, oh, what are the holes? Well, let's, well, let's, let's, yeah, let's dumb it down, right? So I'm going to sound very broken record ish, but maybe that's just the the norm after 150 episodes. You know, play it like a bingo board, 160. Play it like a bingo board. You know, your close guard, half guard. Side control, mount, back control. Okay, you're, you're past those five basic positions. Have you got a bit of Delaheba, spider guard, you know, float passing, you know, uh, headquarters, X guard, what, whatever other positions you're adding to your bingo board? And do you have some moves for all of them? Look at your training partners as well, like apparatus in the gym, you know, like I'm training with Kieran. Kieran's my. You know, like the same way you go to the gym and you got bench press and you're trying to hit, you know, oh, I want to hit 100 kilos for one rep max or 100 kilos for five reps or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Kieran might be the guy that's like, oh, man, like, oh, I can beat him in a roll, but fuck, I, I, you know, I can never pass him, you know? Okay, like that's my goal when I'm rolling with Kieran. I want to be able to pass him, you know? Whereas I'm rolling with this other dude who maybe smokes me every time, you know, but then it's like, you know, man, every time he instantly put, nah, I'm escaping side control this. Like that's your, that's yeah, your definitely. goal with that, that, that's that apparatus. You know, Kieran's my bench press. This guy's my squat rack. The other guy's my, you know, my pull up bar, whatever. And you've got your, your goals for each different exercise. You know, your training partners are your equipment to some, so to speak. So try, you know, I'm trying to, bring you back into some sort of like tangible focus focal point without just saying here's a rigid curriculum and follow it because I don't think we've, we, we, maybe I won't drag you along with, with me for this one, Kieran. I've shat enough on the whole ecological jiu-jitsu or whatever, but like curriculum jiu-jitsu yeah, would be me along with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, Kieran got a tattoo, ecological jiu-jitsu ah. chest. <laughs> curriculum learning is like I the pole. Yeah. is like <laughs> the polar opposite, right? Just thinking that it's this strict form base to follow. No, no bro. That's completely what? wrong. Ecological what? teaching is not a strict curriculum-based thing. It's the opposite. But, they don't believe no, in that that's at all. A, 
That's what I said. I said a curriculum oh, base is the sorry, polar bro. opposite. Sorry, I thought you were saying <laughs> ecological was um, a strict curriculum. No, I was no, like, no, what? no, no. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, you yeah. high? No. No, so that's <laughs> so that's what I'm oh, saying. Sorry, I've sh- I've shat on ecological teaching, but that doesn't mean I'm saying you follow this like ten technique curriculum to get your first stripe or whatever. No, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. you know, I I'm. I don't think I'm not a fence sitter. I'm in the middle because the middle is where it's at for this, mm. for this conversation. Jiu-jitsu is too dynamic and things out of your control to follow a rigid set of steps, yeah. but it also has so many rules and mechanics and intricacies. And it's so complicated for it just to be this free flowing, blah, blah, blah. Right. In my opinion. Okay. So you need to try find, how do you find your, way through that mess you know yeah look at it like a bingo board right make sure you're coming into training knowing what you're going to work on and you know and the more you're in the gym it becomes more you know more realistic so for example one of the things i'm working on at the moment is is wrestle ups right got a guy in the gym who's like 110 kilos huge so, so i don't know what that is in pounds like 240. Yeah, anyway, he's a big dude and it's all muscle. And he he's a wrestler, right? And like I'm not wrestling up on him. You know, it's just so I have a different, you know, yeah, wrestling up wrestle up might be what I'm working on at the moment. But against him, I'm like, nah, not on him, it's not. You know, I have a different goal against that particular opponent. So try find yourself, you know, the holes in your boat. Boat. Look at your bingo board. Where are the, where are the weakest parts of your jujitsu? Yeah, you know, and then come in with a targeted approach, right? And then in terms of how your class goes, yeah, like you. I know it can seem a bit. One day we learn this, and then the next day we learn this, and whatever. Previously, I've said that I I think gyms that teach the same technique every class for the week or a theme for the month, I think is lazy and it's boring and it's repetitive. And, you know, so I think a diverse array of trainings and techniques is favorable to the people who train a lot. It rewards the hardworking, consistent students. So I know it might seem a bit vague, but those, those, those pieces come together. And at the moment, the moment you're doing a big jigsaw puzzle and you need to find the edge pieces, my brother, like, mm. cause obviously it's very difficult when you're just given random pieces and someone tells you, put that where it, where it goes. You're like, well, well, well fucked. Uh, no idea. Don't even know what but the picture is, man. Yeah. Yeah. You got to find the border of your jigsaw puzzle and the bingo board, so to speak, is, is a way that helps in my opinion. Definitely. I've been thinking about this exact question a lot because spoiler alert, I'm uh thinking about and formulating a white belt accelerator program i know the name is you know under construction so don't don't judge the name (laughs) but the concept is like a taking someone in your exact position ross and being like okay let's do a series of uh lessons structured around giving you the edges right and um just figuring out the best way to give the edges and i like what you're saying adam about or, or i agree with you when you say about the the classes or the the gyms that teach like a theme for the month or a theme for the week that's called block training and they've actually shown in in other areas 
uh, of education and learning and, and sport, that block training is a very ineffective way of learning because you forget. Now, what would you rather, right? Would you rather do a month of arm bars, right? And get really, really good at arm bars. But then in 12 months time, you haven't touched another arm bar. Like you haven't learned anything on arm bars. Or would you rather do arm bars maybe once every other week or once a week or, or you know, something like that and revisit the information consistently? Which one is going to develop longer term memory and learning? Obviously, the one where you're doing, doing it, space repetition. Space repetition is way more important than block training, block repeti- like, you know, block focus, um, you know, and it's fucking boring, man. I've, I've trained at gyms where they do like, you know, arm bars for a week and then you show up for the, the Monday lesson. Oh, you're doing arm bars. Show up for the Tuesday lesson. Oh, it's the exact same fucking thing. Wednesday, same thing, same thing, same thing. You know, and there's very little variation. You just, it's just so repetitive. You get so bored and you're doing yeah, that for like horrible. half an hour. Like what the hell? It's terrible. But I mean, um, yeah. but I mean, just on what you said, you're, because we spoke about this accelerated white belt curriculum thing though, mm. but that it's not, it's not the same thing because it's worth mentioning that you were talking about that from a, from a one-on-one perspective. Yes. You were, yes. you were not mentioning that as in a, this could be used in every gym around the world. You, no, you no. were you were mentioning that as in the same way that you know, uh, you know, if you went to, you know, like a, I don't know, fuck, like a, a yeah, strength and conditioning coach, and you say I've got these goals, like you know, I want to be able to deadlift double my body weight or whatever. You know, you you'll have more or less a blueprint to follow, but it's mm. going to be a case by case basis. Well, how much can you deadlift now? You know, what should, yeah. what. What, what shape are you in? Like, you know, how's yeah. your back? You know, like, oh, how much can you squat? You know, and yeah, then you're going to change. And you're going to change the program based on that individual. Not only will yes. you tailor the program to them, for one dude, they might hit that deadlift after three months. The other dude, it might take 12 months, you know? Mm. like Yeah, definitely. 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 So, yeah. But anyway, that, that, is, that is a very good caveat. Yeah. I know that was a bit sort of messy, Ross, but it's, um, it's yes. Find the edges of your jigsaw puzzle, my friend. Yeah. yeah. One one more thing I want to add. Sorry to extend this out, but I have seen and have worked with someone using one of those um, white to blue belt blueprint uh, flow charts that you know you can buy for like two hundred bucks online or whatever. The presentation of them is really nice and they're interactive and they have like videos and stuff that you know put together really well. But I find going that direction can be incredibly overwhelming and confusing because it's just too many branches coming off too many uh, things. If you're maybe you're someone that's a little bit more advanced, to be honest, I think that realistically that product should be aimed maybe a blue belt. Um, I don't know, but I, that is an option if you work really well in, in your mind works that way. But I personally think they're okay for what they are, but you know. Yeah. Or if you, are Ross leaning towards some type of instructional slash interactive learning, then then I'd suggest checking out Lockie's platform, Lockman Giles's platform, Submeta. You know, mm. his 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 platform operates differently to just typical instructionals. Mm. And, you know, it's more they're not instructionals, they're courses that you mm. do. And they have little quizzes in them and stuff. And if that's 
you know, and Lockie's not only incredibly good at jujitsu and incredibly instructor, like he's got a fucking PhD and stuff. He's a super smart guy. You know, they're really well put together. And if that's the sort of learning that works for you, uh, that might be worth checking out as well. Yeah, we need to get a sponsor for, for some better. Yeah, like he's second dick. I mean, sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. All right. Let's play uh, the next question from Nate. Hi, guys. I hope you're both well. I've uh, recently had an incident with a slippery crock, which has resulted in a broken foot um, with some foreseeable time off the mats. I have two questions I'd appreciate your insights on. The first would be uh, how do you guys keep in the game whilst recovering from injury? And secondly, how do you maintain your strength and conditioning until you return on the mats? Thanks, guys. I appreciate your response. Cheers. A slippery croc. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I think it so, is like crocs is in the, 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 the ultimate um, shoe, right? Yes. Yeah, so, Ki- Kieran's. Kieran and Kieran and my four-year-old are the only two people I know who wear Crocs. Uh, but, um, Crocs. Crocs and socks, baby. I wear them, I wear them here in Sweden. Crocs and socks. God. Yep. You stay cool, bro. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So broken foot's a tough one. Uh, injuries. Yeah. I think, well, Kieran's currently injured and I've definitely had my multiple injuries throughout the years. Hmm. How do you stay in the game? Is that for me, it's a, yeah, and for me, it was a bit different. My my big my biggest injuries came while I was in Brazil, and I was pursuing jiu-jitsu as a career, living really far away from home. Living in, I didn't live in a favela, but it may as well have been like I lived in a super shit living conditions and no money. And when I couldn't try and le- I couldn't get to the gym when I was injured because the logistics of travel in, in Sao Paulo. And so for me, it was very difficult. Like I, I, I had, I in within 18 months, I think it was 12, in, within two years, I had three surgeries or something, you know, I really almost quit and came home. And this is before instructionals really existed. So how did I stay in the game? Man, for me personally, I kind of didn't really do any jujitsu when I was seriously injured. I just went balls to the wall with rehab through my jujitsu. I had a sponsored physio. So I had free physio, which made a big difference when I, because I had no money. Mm. So I just did a lot of physio and a lot of gym. But to your next question, how do you keep up your strength and conditioning? This one's hard, in my opinion, when you have any sort of lower body injury. It's, I think it's way harder doing strength and conditioning when you have a lower body injury. Uh, maybe strength and conditioning. Yeah, I don't know. Like, but it's hard when when you think, oh, well, the rest of me is fine, but even the fact if you've got to hobble around the gym to hobble from one piece of equipment to the next equipment to do your shoulders or your back or whatever, like it's just way less fun when you're fucked up on the lower half, I think, in my opinion. And as someone who's had multiple knee surgeries, you know, 
I, f- I found it hard. I didn't really do strength and conditioning. I just, if I was going to do strength and conditioning, I just did an extra session of rehab. That would, for me personally, you know, yeah. um, you know, and even when I had upper body injuries, like I had elbow surgery back in Australia, like a, a few years ago, um, you know, I would, it still wasn't a lot I could do. Like I couldn't rack weights or anything. I just did a lot of rehab and the rehab was quite painful. I had to take prescription meds specifically for the rehab. They were like, no, 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 you, the rehab's going to hurt a lot. Mm. So you take the meds to push through the pain for the rehab, mm. you know? So I'll do again, just double down on my rehab. Uh, and then nowadays it's different how I stay in the game. Well, even when I'm injured, the last surgery I had only had three, four days off. And then I was back teaching after that, but teaching not remotely, but um, only audibly, like I would just sit down on the side of the mats and cause it was a knee surgery. I would just sit and just all right, guys, you know, or I would get two of my more advanced students and kind of explain the technique and they would demo it or whatever. So I was still in the game what one of my current students does though, so this might be an option for you depending on the logistics, is he recently had hip surgery and he just comes in and, and hangs out in the gym. And when I say hangs out, like he comes and talks to me and asks questions. He's a brown belt, so he doesn't ask stupid questions most of the time. And so he Wait, we're talking just, about Ollie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a king of asking dumb fucking questions. Are you serious? What, what do you do? There was one incident where he asked the dumbest fucking question in our like little group activity that we're doing one time. Fuck, I can't remember the story, but yeah, he's CEO of us. Yeah, he does ask some questions. shit once. But, um, but, you know, so he's still very like engaged in the classes. Now, maybe that's unique to our gym that I let that sort of stuff happen, you know. Uh Post that, what I was doing when I was then back to being able to get on the mats in Brazil, you know, I trained at a a competition team. I was part of the competition team. So if you weren't able to competitively train, you were just a hindrance to everyone else's training. So you didn't Mm -hmm. go to class. So what I would do was I was, you know, whatever, a competitive purple brown belt and I was doing the, the white belt one stripe classes where I'm learning how to tie my belt and cross collar choke just so I could be on the mats and move and do some jujitsu. Cause it was that or yeah. nothing, you know, yeah. like I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to do the comp class, you know? So yeah. I was like, well, this class is on, I'll do this. At least I'm in the gym. I'm seeing my jujitsu friends. I'm talking about jujitsu. I'm yeah. helping the, the lower belts do a cross collar choke or whatever. And, I've done that a lot. I've spent, man, I mean, I haven't had any major injuries. I think the LCL tear is like the, one of the more major injuries I've had apart from like, you know, sprains and shit for, to um, ankles. And I've come in and I've, you know, sat there and I've, I've done that for weeks. And it's, it's really tough, man. It is quite difficult to, particularly if you're in the state of where you're like, you could jump on the mats or even if you can't, like I find it really difficult to sit there and watch people train. Um, you know, I like the technique portion of the class, but when it comes to rolling, depending on the class structure, when it comes to the rolling portion, it's, it's really rough when everyone's rolling, you're sort of just sitting there watching. 
Um, and I know well, you just have FOMO straight away. Oh, 100%. You know, like I, Fuck off. You, you feel like most, shit. Yeah, most of the time when I'm injured, I, I avoid the gym because of that. Yeah. I mean, nowadays it's a bit different because I've done so much jujitsu that the FOMO yeah, isn't yeah. as thick and heavy. But even still, you know, I was talking to Ollie about it today. Like, what was it? He, mm. he was sitting down and I, I turned to him and I just went, man, I just like couldn't be fucked to do any jujitsu today. And he, and he, and he was like, he was like, yeah, he goes, yeah, but you're pretty good. You, you rarely don't roll unless, unless you're injured. And I was like, yeah, I would say like 99% of the days I'm in here, like I'll, I'll train. Yeah. And, he, and then Ollie was like, oh, well, hang on. Even when you're injured, he's like, he's like, you fucking roll. He's, and yep. I was like, yeah, you know, so like I still do it and mm-hmm. I don't even have that you know, beginner games feeling anymore. But Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I've, I've seen heaps of people, you know, sit on the side. Some people can do it just fine and they're happy to do it. I fucking struggle with it a lot. Um, I'm not, I'm not a fan of it, but I like what you're saying about the community engagement. If you're someone right. And you know, you're not sure, like you're not like full drinking the Kool-Aid with jujitsu and like, no matter what your leg could fucking be chopped off and you still show up to class. You still show up to training. Right. Um, if you're not at that stage, then if the, if it's like, hey, if I don't show up to class and at least engage with jiu-jitsu, I'll probably never go back, then definitely go. Definitely show up, right? If you need that, then and take take it. Do it. But if you're not if you don't need that and like you don't give a fuck what happens, you always train jujitsu, then um, like someone in my position, it's I find showing up to class does more harm than good to me at this stage. Um, it's not like I'm not learning or anything. It's just, yeah, I, I personally don't like it. I'm not a fan. Now, I want to talk about just briefly what you can do if you have an injury to the lower body. Everything that I'm going to talk about, I'm not a doctor. I'm not an allied health practitioner. So you need to get clearance from your physiotherapist, from your medical practitioner, et cetera, before you do this. But one thing that can help if you have lower body injuries, like um, this is particularly relevant for things like LCL, uh, ACL, like ligament injuries, or even just you know muscle, whatever it is is you can do isometric training because isometric training is training in strength training is, is training where your joints aren't moving. It, 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 it can be two, there's two types of isometric training. There's overcoming and yielding isometric. So think about um, the difference between uh, holding a uh, pull up in a, in the top position versus trying to bench press against trapped pins. That's, that's the difference. So it's like a hold versus uh, overcoming something that doesn't move. So the benefit of this is you can maintain a lot of your strength, but you're not moving your joint through the full range of motion. So you're protecting the joint, staying safe and stable on the joint, but you're still getting that strength-based workout. This is the type of training I've been doing. Um, also, they've shown that, again, this depends on getting uh, clearance from your physio, et cetera. Uh, depending on your injury, that it can be very beneficial to get strength training immediately, even if it's like very slow doing things like, um, you know, I've seen, oh, there's a physio, a jujitsu black belt, who's also a physio I've been following. He has an ACL, way worse injury on his knee than I have at the moment. But the, the same week, like days after his injury, um, he was in the gym lifting with his leg intentionally, getting, getting in there and doing uh, specific rehab. And what he was doing specifically was, um, I believe, Smith machine-based squats. So it's a lot more safe. And he was doing um, negatives on a leg extension machine. Now, I believe he had ACL meniscus issues, um, not confirmed by MRI at that stage. But already he was straight in there uh, operating, you know, uh, under his own rehab, getting strength training. 
Definitely a bit different though with with broken bones. With broken bones, yes, it is different. But what still remains the same is the fact that you could still do um, single leg exercises. You could like with a broken foot, you still do leg extension machine. Um, if, if you yeah, put it yeah. on your on your shin, you can still do um, leg curl. You can do um, isometrics on, you know, a half squat. If you can weight bear on your foot, you can do isometrics that way. So there are things you could do, and you can also obviously do all your upper body. I agree, I agree with what you're saying about, you know, it's it's not fun. And when you're injured and you're not at your full uh, capacity, it's kind of like the argument about showing up to training when you can't train. Going to you know do a workout when you're injured isn't super fun because you're limited, but I highly encourage you to, to maintain it. And another thing I would say with the lower body injury, cardio becomes very difficult, particularly with a broken foot. But what you can do is something like ski erg, or you can do a salt bike with just the arms. Just make sure you're maintaining some level of cardio. Also, you could do sauna, which also is like a static version of cardio. Um, it's been shown in research that sauna can help to improve your aerobic base. So that's something to consider. Um, so though, the, the, that's what I'd say from a strength and conditioning standpoint, so long as you're cleared by your medical professional. So there are things you can do and I highly encourage it. More importantly, once, because you were originally sent this message through on Instagram and then, yeah, I was like, oh, shoot through the audio question. So feel free to just shoot through a, a message on Instagram after listening to this episode and let me know if you have continued to wear Crocs post or or have you gotten rid of them? I want to know. Well, it might've been like an actual slippery Croc. He might've been wrestling like a Croc, you know, he's probably from Queensland or something. Slippery Croc. But uh, yeah, that's, that's what I'd say about that. And yeah. Do we have, do we have another, (laughs) do we have more questions? No, that is it. No, that was it. Oh, shorter one today. If you want to submit a question to the show, don't be a stranger. Go to the link in the description of this episode, submit your audio question and be amongst the greats. Oh, yeah. Well, nice. Let's get on to, to something, something interesting. Something interesting. So here's mine. It's really not that interesting at all, but I'm just going to give a couple of things, uh, share a bit of personal information not like we don't i don't fucking talk about my own life on this podcast anyway of that has been mentioned in the last couple of episodes so last episode my something interesting was mentioning this new analogy i heard about you know when you're in a in a calorie deficit and, you know, you have a blowout day and then you just go, oh, fuck it, blowout weekend or blowout week or whatever. And the analogy was like, that's kind of like accidentally pissing on the toilet seat and then just going, fuck it, I'll piss all over the bathroom. On Saturday, I pissed all over my bathroom, my friends. Like, <laughs> i tell you what, like I, um, I went to What'd my What did your friends. wife say? Did, who cleaned it up? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, I haven't cleaned it up. Um <laughs> Blamed uh, Atlas. <laughs> so, yeah. And then we, because we also, talk, or maybe we didn't talk about this on air, but Kieran and I were talking about those, you know, influencer challenges where they're like, oh, 10,000 calories in a day, blah, blah, blah. I went to my friend's house for Thanksgiving and we don't do Thanksgiving in Australia, but these friends of mine, the they lived in the US for like 10 years and the husband's Australian and the wife's American. So they do Thanksgiving. 
and Americans would know, and I think most people know that Thanksgiving is, there's a lot of food that goes down at Thanksgiving. I easily, easily ate like 10, 11, 12,000 calories in this one day <laughs> for sure. Like without even trying, man, like it was <laughs> like, it, like it was awesome. Like, don't, like it reminded me, I reckon I ate, remember the first ever gym part, party we had at Alex's house. Yep. I've never like Kieran ate more like Kieran's one of those people like I've got a, I could have a overweight friend and like he eats small portions and doesn't really eat that much or whatever, you know, not like what you would think in a TV show or a movie where the big fat dude eats like, obviously he's getting his calories from somewhere and his lack of exercise or whatever, but you doesn't eat like you think a stereotypical overweight person eats. Then I watched Kieran eat and man, like I never do like when I, when I was like feeling sick to my stomach, you were then, you were then another three, fucking <laughs> br another three brownies with ice cream past me, like so much food. And yeah. the way you ate on that day was probably what I did on this day, man. My like boy. I just, I just oh, ate. Yeah. And, and then when I left Thanksgiving, and my and I because it was early afternoon and settled. I got home and I ate more. I was then like, I was like, I have not tried this Ben and Jerry's ice cream flavor. <laughs> and like, you know, ate the whole tub, man. Yeah. And, and I, and it was it was huge. It, like I ate so much. It felt good. Thanksgiving is a great day. I'm so thankful for the giving of thanks. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it I have no idea what Thanksgiving is even about, but I've been getting like, you know, because I email people, uh, support email all the time. People ask me questions about the, the uh, BJJ Strong Online platform and stuff like that. Anyway, so I go back and forth with heaps of uh, Americans and I've had like four, four plus people be like, oh, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. I'm like, thanks. What? What, what the fuck? Is yeah, this? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where's my turkey? <laughs> yeah. um, but just to then end my something interesting on a more positive note. That was we positive. also Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was great. It was great. And as Kieran knows, I can't go into too much detail because he'll, he'll neck himself. But I have another big party this weekend. Oh, another Dave, big gym party. Yeah, and fuck. it's... And it'll be another 12,000 calorie day. I'm telling so you, jealous. bro. Do you want me to read? I've got the menu here. Do you want me to read it? No, I won't. <laughs> Kieran literally messaged me and he was like, he was like, bro, no joke. He's like, can you please not post any photos and stuff? Of that? Yeah. Like, like the, the, the <laughs> guy, send it to me. <laughs> the guy, the guy who catered the day that Kieran had the huge feast to them. That's the, actually, that's not the only time I've seen you go huge. Kuba's wedding, you ate like oh, crazy <laughs> as well, man. Shout out to like, Kuba. That was amazing, yeah, bro. That yeah. was amazing. I ate our table's worth. I got the money's worth. That's for damn sure. It was great. Oh, man. But, but I mean, if you're not enjoying yourself at a wedding, unless it's something like, oh, the wedding happens to be on the day before worlds and you know, or what's, you know, something yeah. crazy like that, you know. Well, I had um, three portions of the main. Dude, you ate. Yeah, that's right. You asked. You went back and asked for more. You were like, yeah, "Are there more? Are there more mains?" Yeah. yeah oh my you, god. You ate. I was such a glutton. Yeah, but um, yeah, the guy who catered that day that Kieran went crazy is also catering this thing on the weekend. So Kieran literally yeah, messaged me and he was like, "He was like, man, can you not send me any information because it's just such good food?" So yeah, I've got another another you know 
10,000 plus day coming up on Saturday. <laughs> but anyway, on a, on another note, so we did a couple of episodes back, the importance of asking why. And I spoke about, you know, oh, why, why I've been doing some running lately and also why I've been doing some swimming. So I just thought I'd share that I hit a couple of little, um, not PBs because they're not PBs, but little goals that I had. And they're very insignificant goals, right? You know, I guess significant for for the effort I'm putting in. and <laughs> But um, they were just, I, I wasn't necessarily working towards these, but I was like, oh, it'd be cool if I could do it because I haven't done it slash been able to do it since I was in my late teens, early 20s because I haven't done these running or swimming since then, right? But I managed to do, um, so I did a 5K run in under 30 minutes, which I know is not a, a great, right? But, you know, I haven't run 5Ks in, I can't remember how long. I don't run. Actually, to be more specific, I did it in 25 minutes exactly. So I managed to maintain a K nice. every five minutes, which was um, okay good. pace. And then I did... And then I got up to swimming uh, 1,500 meters in the pool. Nice. So they were, they were like two little goals that I was just like, oh, it would be good if I could. Kind of similar to how, how someone might, you know, not go into the gym with any particular set of goals, but they might say like, oh, it would be cool to be able to deadlift 100 kilos or something like that. And then they reach that, you know, oh, I managed to deadlift 100 kilos. That was kind of – that's what those goals were to me. They weren't massive goals, but kind of enough to make me feel like, oh yeah, I got a little bit better at running and swimming. So I did my, my, I wanted to do five Ks in under half an hour and I wanted to do 1500 meters, which was also in under half an hour, it was in about 30 minutes, which um, is only double Olympic record speed. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was me. That's my, something interesting. I got fat. Then I went for a run. There you go. Fuck yeah. There's this like uh, the gym bro numbers that everyone wants to hit for the big three. Like if you're not a powerlifter is benching two plates, squatting three plates and deadlifting four plates. So it's two, three, four is like the, the gold standard um, for gym bros. So it's like, so a, that's like a hundred kilo squat, right? No, no, no. A hundred kilo bench press. Oh, sorry. A hundred kilo. 180, 180 um, deadlift. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I've kind of had the – I've been told like a good measure is if you can squat your body weight and deadlift double your body weight. And I'm like, I've never been near that ever. I've never I, like – I would, I would say a good um, squat would be at least 1.6 times your body weight. Bro, um, I'm no like I'm not even close. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, yeah. ideally, you want to you want to be able to squat double your body weight, um, and you want to be able to deadlift three times your body weight. That's strong. If, if you can do three times your body weight, you're pretty strong. Yeah, that's all right. I can hip escape. I'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, yeah. I, actually, funnily enough, and this leads into perfect segue into my something interesting. Um, I've seen research to suggest that strength for the lower body um that 1.6 number i didn't just pull out of my ass uh if you can not squat at least 1.6 times your body weight as a man um then 
you won't actually benefit from doing power training for uh, a sport like jujitsu, wrestling, combat sport. You should focus purely on strength first and get your strength up to that level. Um, because my something interesting is I released a podcast episode, probably in my opinion, the best episode I've done um, for BJJ Strong Podcast on specifically on power. And uh, it was, yeah, it actually put me, it took me a really long time to put together researching like the science behind power development for combat sport and power development for sports in general. And uh, it was really interesting. But my next something interesting is I found out, I don't know if this is true, but he, he left a comment on our YouTube. So I think it's true that Nicholas P, we always talk about Nick P. He's our OG, our very first Patreon ever. So shout out to Nick P. He is the person that left that Reddit post that you read out on the last episode. So last episode, you're oh, something really? interesting where you read out the, the, the Reddit post where someone's like, uh, oh, I actually disagreed. Like they're, they're always off topic, but that's my favorite part. I think that that's the one he was referring to. I think that is Nick's um, Reddit post. Or so he's one of the Redditors in, in no way thread. yeah man yeah, yeah nick p funny. fucking og dog man I, he hasn't come over to visit for a long time yeah he's in he's in new zealand but uh whenever he's in sydney comes in uh yeah it's been a while since he's been over that's awesome um that yeah, does remind me yeah the 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 two guys kate and liam again hopefully i'm remembering their names that i mentioned at the start of the episode who i who, who introduced themselves at the competition they both said similar things about the podcast in the sense that they were like, yeah, man, I just, I just like the back and forth, like banter and chat. Like, you know, it's, you know, a lot of podcasts are really trying to be this super like high end analytical, you know, data driven, whatever, which is fine. Like I, yeah, yeah, yeah. they weren't shitting on those either, you know, but they were like, Oh, I just like that. It's kind of just way more casual and it, you can really tell it's two mates just chatting and you know, whatever. Like it's you, also, yeah, 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 that's right. But it's still about jujitsu and right, right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, well, that's, that's cool. My final something interesting, which is very topical and actually legitimately interesting. And I mentioned it already in the episode, just squeeze it in there that uh, this past weekend, uh, to the 2023, ADCC trials for the Oceania region, Asia Oceania. We only get one, um, but the trials just went. It's available on Flow Grappling. I was trying to watch it live, but I was using someone else's account. So I think they were logging in and kicking me out. So, I, wonder, <laughs> I wonder who it was. <laughs> I'm not telling. But if they hit me up, I'd be like, yeah, bro, I was using it. But once I realized they were, they were actually using it, I stopped logging in. But I wasn't sure it was them or someone else they'd given the password to. So I was like, oh, yeah. do I do I play do I play a war with them? Like <laughs> geolocation war, or do I just let him have and I, I played it safe and just I stopped logging in. Um but the the trials just went, it was really, really high level. The Asia Oceana trials are just getting better and better and better. And I will um we have to shout out Sydney West Martial Arts. They absolutely dominated the the trials. Their their showing was uh, amazing. Like last trials. They really showed up. They had two athletes um, go on to uh, win the the division and uh, compete at ADCC. And this year they had three, so they're getting better and better. It's it was really um, amazing um, what they were able to achieve, and particularly the the sixty six kilo final was really really high level. Um, Ethan Thomas took that out for sixty six kilos. The seventy seven kilo um, Kenta, um, a part of B team, I believe, he's officially a part of uh, B team. I think Craig was there coaching him. 
um, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. I saw Craig. Uh, so he won the 77. Isaac uh, Michelle won the 88, um, who was affiliated with Sydney West Martial Arts for this competition. Um, uh, yeah, I was going to ask who he's competing under because I don't really follow that the the gossip the scene. So, yeah, yeah. scene of jujitsu, but I believe you know, he's did, he got kicked out of B. Yeah, but he kicked out of B team, then tried to yeah. go back to John Danaher, but New Wave wouldn't have him. Yeah, but, so I didn't even know if he I, that he was back in Australia. Well, the trials were in Singapore, right? But I yes, didn't the even trials were in Singapore. Is yep. Isaac living back in Australia now? No idea. Do you know? No idea. Yeah, I thought he was don't, still don't in the US, it. but yeah. Anyway, yeah, he, may, okay. he may still be training out of there, but f- he was affiliated with Sydney West uh, for this comp. Um, so he, he won the under eighty eight, dominated, absolutely dominated. Um, under ninety nine uh, kilo division was won by Declan Moody, uh, B team guy, and uh, the above ninety nine and was- trains Declan when he's in. Sydney is grappling education. I believe so. He, yeah. I believe so. But I think he, he officially he was under a B team for for this comp. Um, so two B team guys and the rest dominated by Sydney West. And uh, last but certainly not least, uh, above ninety nine, an absolute incredible display by uh, Josh Saunders. Fucking just destroyed everyone, man. <laughs> the guy's an animal. Like you know, contra- he can be controversial, but um, fuck, man, he is good. He is fucking good. Like I will, I have to say that publicly. Josh is very good, but um, yeah, that was cool. And uh, a shout out to Jeremy Skinner who also um, competed. Didn't have um, the the run that he would have liked, but still really, really awesome fashion, winning his first few. And uh, I believe he he missed out on the quarterfinals. So um, yeah, but it was very good, very close match. Um, but yeah, that was the my run yeah, of the trials. Definitely worth a watch. Nice. Well, yeah, guys, you can uh, watch it on the ever awesome Flow Grappling if you choose. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, guys, we're going to leave it there. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, if you want your questions answered on the next QA, you can send those through. It'll be, you know, another 10 episodes. So you've got plenty of time, but you can rehold the bank of questions. All the links are in the description. All the links to everything spoken about today will be in the description. Uh, but yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next time.